Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. This is Michael Rubenstein, and you're in the doghouse. This is a podcast discussing current events and the law. And the subject matters depend on you, the audience, writing me and telling me what you want to hear. Um, I have been asked today to talk about what happens now with COVID-19. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how this affects your individual behavior, how it will affect travel, and potential impacts on the law. And this is all in regards to updating everyone, given the fact that more and more people are getting both their shots. So everybody's asking, what now? Well, let's start with your individual behavior. As a general rule, COVID-19 vaccines, as you're well aware, have been used to teach your immune system to recognize and fight the virus that causes COVID-19. And it typically takes two weeks after the second vaccination of Pfizer or Moderna, or two weeks after the Johnson & Johnson shot, for your body to build sufficient protection against the virus that causes COVID-19. Which means it's still possible you could still get COVID-19 before just after the vaccination and then get sick because the vaccine didn't have enough time to provide protection. So remember that. That's why they tell you wait two weeks. What we also still do not know because it's still being studied and it won't necessarily be known for a couple of years. And that is whether the vaccines particularly Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, uh, Johnson & Johnson, whether they can prevent you from spreading the virus that causes COVID-19 to others. Right now, it doesn't look like it can. We don't know how long COVID-19 vaccines will protect people and when you need to get more shots. We don't know how many people have to be vaccinated against COVID-19 before the population can be considered protected. And we don't know how effective the vaccines are against new variants of the virus that cause COVID-19. So as COVID-19 mutates, which it will, we don't know how the vaccines will work on the mutated viruses. This is all in the exploratory stages that we have to study. So COVID-19 very much remains a threat to people especially those who are unvaccinated and even if you get COVID-19 vaccinations, you still might get it. Now, whether it will uh, lessen the symptoms to the point where it's not life-threatening and you don't need to go to the hospital will depend on each individual. But generally speaking, the reason why we've taken the vaccine is that it doesn't offer you 100% immunity. It's not a magic bullet or cure. But if you were to get COVID-19 again, it would reduce the life-threatening symptoms, making it less necessary for you to go to the hospital. The key you've got to remember is that taking the COVID-19 vaccine doesn't stop you from spreading it. 
And because COVID-19 is often asymptomatic, i.e. it doesn't show any signs, you could be carrying it and not even know you have it. And you could have had the vaccine and be carrying it and not know you have it and pass it on to somebody else. Now, if you haven't been vaccinated, you still could become severely ill, which could result in your hospitalization and some people having serious health problems several weeks or even longer after getting infected. So you want to be careful. Now, after you're fully vaccinated and you've waited that two two weeks, in theory, you're supposed to be able to resume your activities that you were doing before the pandemic. But there are some uh, warnings or caveats. If you're outside, generally speaking, vaccinated people will not need to wear masks outside except in crowds and should stay should still stay six feet apart. If you're going to be inside, even if you've had the vaccinations, because of all the unknowns, people who have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19 still need to keep taking their precautions, i.e. wearing their masks, avoiding large indoor gatherings, and washing your hands often. You can't stop that. Now, if you're one of these people that is convinced COVID-19 vaccines are a conspiracy and there's nothing wrong with anybody and it's just a plot to control you, well, you'll keep going as you are and um, you can run the risk of getting exposed and passing it on to other people. So we'll just have to wait and see. Right now, about 10% of the Canadian population, when asked, is against taking the vaccine, but surprisingly, 90% of people aren't against taking the vaccine. Uh, the, the, the high rate of defiance for taking the vaccine just isn't there. Most people are not afraid of the vaccine. They used to be in the beginning, but as the months have worn on, people have become less and less afraid of the vaccine and they're just waiting to take it. Now, there will be, of course, hesitation from certain parents who don't want to give their children vaccines. And there will always be parents that don't want to give their children vaccines. Now, we should clarify, there's always going to be a certain percentage of the population who cannot take the vaccine. They might have diabetes, they might have heart disease, they might have cancer, they might have pre-existing autoimmune disorders that prevent them from taking the drug. Those people are supposed to be clearly identified when they give their medical history in. And of course, autoimmune deficiency diseases such as asthma, lupus, uh, juvenile arthritis, juvenile diabetes, arthritis and diabetes in adults. I did mention diabetes, of course, that's a big one. Those kinds of pre-existing medical conditions may prevent such people from getting COVID-19 vaccines. So they are used to that. They're used to living in the world uh, with being susceptible to catching illnesses. Other people aren't. People with AIDS, for example, who are undergoing medication to contain their AIDS. They know they have autoimmune disorder issues. People who are taking chemotherapy or cancer treatments often don't have any immune system. Uh, people that have had heart transplants or 
organ transplants. They're taking certain drugs that may uh, prevent them from having immunity. So some people live with it, with these chronic conditions, and they know that even catching a cold could kill them. So they know already. But it will be difficult because there's always going to be a certain percentage of population who can't take the vaccine because of pre-existing conditions. And they may not want to explain that to people. But when people find out they haven't taken their vaccine, people may backlash against them. And so I want you to keep that in mind, because when I discuss legal implications later on, finding out who is or is not vaccinated might be crucial when you want to go to certain places. And it may cause discrimination against people who, through no fault of their own, couldn't take the vaccine. So we'll come back to that. Let's talk about travel now. It's a little complicated. People are getting a little confused because are the travel rules and restrictions the same for people who've had both vaccines as it is for people who haven't had the vaccines? Well, we'll explain that. Let's first start about traveling and whether you're doing it within or outside Canada. Let's talk about within Canada first. Generally speaking, if you're traveling within Canada, here's the bottom line. If you can, you travel by car. You want to avoid taking an airplane or a train if you can for now or a bus because it's confined space. And obviously, if you're in inside confined airspace, you have to wear a mask at all times. And there's no guarantee you won't catch anything. Even if you've had the vaccine, you still might catch it. So when you're in a confined airspace, there's no guarantee that you're not picking up somebody else's germs. So not to become a germophobic, but remember, you're still being advised, don't travel unless it's absolutely important. Now, if you do travel by plane within Canada, there's still mandatory pre-boarding and health requirements for air travelers. They haven't changed. And that includes temperature screening, health ch health check questions, uh, compulsory wearing of masks on board flights to and within Canada. You won't be allowed to board if you have any kinds of symptoms of COVID-19 unless you have a medical certificate stating that, this, that there, these symptoms are not COVID-19 related or... or you won't be allowed to board if you've been refused boarding in the past 14 days due to any medical reason related to COVID-19 or you are for some reason subject to a provincial or local public health order. Now, if you're a foreign national, if you're a foreign national, that is, you're not a Canadian citizen, you're a foreign national, you won't be allowed to board a flight to Canada if if you're traveling from a country other than the United States and are not covered by any legal exemptions, which we won't get into because chances are you're, you wouldn't be entitled to them. They're so rare, we won't even talk about them. Or if you're foreign national, you won't be al allowed to board a flight to Canada if you're traveling from a country other than the United States for an optional and discretionary purpose. So keeping that all in mind, you won't see too many foreign nationals flying to Canada 
and then therefore being in an inter in an interprovincial flight. All air travelers right now have to wear a mask while traveling, except children under two years of age, people who are unable to remove the mask without assistance, people who provide a medical certificate certifying that they are unable to wear a face mask for a medical reason. And always understand before and after you get to the airport, whenever you're traveling on any kind of public transportation, expect you need to wear a mask. Now, let's talk about traveling outside Canada. We're talking about Canadians traveling outside Canada. The federal government is still saying don't travel unless you absolutely have to. Avoid non-essential travel. Now, if you've got to travel outside Canada, you're not supposed to travel. If you have symptoms of COVID-19, even if they're mild, if you are in quarantine or isolation, you've been diagnosed with COVID-19, you're waiting for the results of a lab test for COVID-19, you've been in close contact with someone who has or is suspected to have COVID-19, kind of common sense. You're supposed to, before you leave Canada, be very clear on how you're going to get a COVID-19 test on your return because you won't be able to get on a flight back to Canada unless you've had a COVID-19 test within 72 hours of trying to get on a plane to return. So before you go is the time you make the arrangements to make sure wherever you're going, you can get a test. You'll have to make sure you're able to obtain that COVID-19 test at your destination and you got to do that before you leave, because if you go there and then they have no COVID-19 testing, you're not coming back to Canada. So you also want to find the contact information for the Canadian embassy or consulate closest to where you're traveling in case you need to use them. There might be future unforeseen medical lockdowns or quarantines or new laws passed or new restrictions passed. It could be where you're going the testing for COVID-19 gets overwhelmed or it breaks down. You also want to make sure when you're traveling overseas, which a lot of people don't do, is get travel insurance and make sure that the travel insurance covers COVID-19 related medical expenses and other non-COVID-19 emergency related expenses. And of course, trip, trip interruption insurance. Now, it's your absolute legal responsibility to make sure you meet requirements to board a flight in Canada to go overseas or just in between the provinces. Totally on you. And you have to constantly update by going to the government website. Or just type in Google. Type in Google or Yahoo search. Just type it in. Travel restriction rules. Now, during your travel, stay informed on the local COVID-19 situation in the country you're at and keep an eye on what's going on back home in Canada. And you have to be prepared to follow any developments in either country. Now, if you're overseas and you 
become ill, you're supposed to isolate for 14 days, even if it's mild. If you think you have COVID-19, you're supposed to follow local public health advice regarding the seeking of care. In some countries, that probably is nothing at all. In other countries, if it's Europe, let's say, there'll be strict regulations. You got to know where you're going to go for medical care in the country you're going to. If you're going to a third world country, it may be very dangerous. They may have zero facilities. Now, you're supposed to have a well-fitting mask when you travel and where you go. And if you're going to share closely confined spaces with people from outside your immediate household, you've got to understand the increase of being exposed to COVID-19 goes up. You're supposed to minimize, you're supposed to minimize non-essential in-person interactions with people from outside your immediate household or close travel group. And if you have to interact with people you don't live with, you're supposed to be showing great care to keep the interactions as brief as possible and at the greatest physical distance possible. So people who are now thinking, ah, I got both my shots, I'm going to go on a trip now, I'm off to Mexico, I'm off to uh, Dominican Republic, I'm off to Miami, I'm off to and wherever I'm going, you still can't suspend your common sense. And the name of the game is you still have to avoid closed spaces with poor ventilation and crowded places. And you can't assume when you're indoors, it's got good air quality. Can't assume that at all. And you still shouldn't shake people's hands. And you still shouldn't be in people's faces. You should keep six feet away. And you're supposed to limit contact with people as much as you can. And show common courtesy when you're with older people or young children in terms of distancing. And in terms of washing your hands, you're supposed to wash your hands often with soap under running water for at least 20 seconds of soap suds. Otherwise, you should have an alcohol-based hand sanitizer, which has at least 60% alcohol in it. And that's a good idea because most places don't have fresh water. Or if you go into the bathroom, you have to touch the door handles by mistake. And then you're getting all kinds of germs there. You might touch the water faucet. Public washrooms aren't exactly the most sanitary. So when you go into a public washroom, the name of the game is you better have some kind of uh, paper towel or something to hold the handles and the doors and avoid contact. And once you get out of the bathroom, when you're done, hand sanitizer. All right. Now, in terms of covering your mouth and nose, obviously, if you're going to sneeze, you're supposed to put your head in the crotch, in the crotch part of your elbow, the crock part of your elbow, the bend of the elbow. Or if you can, you pull a shirt right up over your face. But Usually when a sneeze is coming, it happens pretty fast. So you're supposed to take that bend in your elbow, that crock part of your elbow, and cover your face with it. Now, you're not, you're supposed to avoid touching your eyes, nose, or mouth. Now, most of us, as a habit, when we're talking, we're rubbing our eyes, nose, mouth. 
it's very easy to do that, but you're not, you're supposed to try avoid doing that and avoid touching things. Now, when you're traveling, that's hard to do. Traveling is hard not to touch things. Now, again, everybody's warning you, all the experts are warning you, don't travel if you don't have to. And if you become sick with symptoms that could be consistent with COVID-19, fever, nausea, headaches, muscle chills, muscle aches, stuffed nose, burning eyes, you are supposed to proceed with caution and don't travel. If you've been diagnosed with COVID-19 in the last 14 days, wherever you are, that's going to cause problems. And if you're waiting for the results of a lab test for COVID-19, you wait. You don't go rushing off. If you've been in close contact with someone who has or is suspected to have COVID-19, you've got to wait at least 14 days. Now, before you get on any airplane, the airline needs to know you don't have COVID-19. So let's talk about you want to come home and you want to get on that flight back to Canada. All travelers five years of age or older, regardless of citizenship, have to provide a negative COVID-19 test result. You won't need a, you won't require a test to fly within Canada, but you will to get to Canada. And there's no exceptions for vaccinated travelers. Now, you've got to take that COVID-19 test within 72 hours of the scheduled departure time of your flight to Canada, not older, not younger. It's got to, sorry, it can be younger, but it's got to be within 72 hours. And remember, if you have a connecting flight, the test must be conducted within 72 hours of the scheduled departure of your last direct flight to Canada. Now, you may need to schedule your test in your transit city if there's a delay. And you don't provide what is called an antigen test. Antigen tests will not be accepted. Antigen, A-N-T-I-G-E-N tests. They're not accepted. Now, you have to keep proof of your test results for the 14-day period that begins on the day you enter Canada. And airlines, as I said will refuse boarding to travelers who are unable to provide a valid molecular test. Antigen tests won't work. Now, then you get to Canada. Well, guess what? You have to take another test before you leave the airport. And at that time, they're going to give you a COVID-19 at-home specimen collection kit to use for your test on day eight of your mandatory quarantine. So you're under quarantine. So following the arrival, you need to go to your reserved hotel to await test results. You can only leave your place of quarantine if you receive a negative result from your day eight test. And once you've completed your mandatory quarantine, the 14-day period includes the days you spent at the government-authorized hotel. So even if you test positive, you got to wait the 14 days. 
if you test negative, if you test negative, you got to isolate yourself from others immediately for a period of 14 days starting on the day you were found negative. Uh, sorry, positive with COVID-19. And then the government decides what to do with you after that. Now, we've heard all kinds of talk about, oh, the rules are going to change now for people with vaccinations. Hang on. Beginning July 5, not until July 5, but beginning July 5, technically July 5 at 11.59 p.m., if you want to be exact, fully vaccinated travelers permitted to enter Canada won't be subject to the federal requirement to quarantine or take COVID-19 tests on day eight. Well, they'll be able to get around that. Fully vaccinated travelers arriving by air will not be required to stay at that government-authorized hotel for 14 days. To be considered fully vaccinated, a traveler has to receive the full series of a vaccine or combination of vaccines accepted by the government of Canada at least 14 days prior to entering Canada. So that will include Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and Johnson & Johnson. Travelers can receive their vaccine in any country, but they'll have to provide documentation supporting their vaccination in English, French, or with a certified translation. If for any reason, remember this when you're coming back to Canada, if you want to try be exempt, the onus is on you to prove the exemption. So if they're not satisfied with your proof of vaccine because it wasn't translated properly or it comes from a country under suspicion of faking vaccine certificates, they can err on the side of caution and say to the hotel you go. Now, for these new measures to apply for fully vaccinated travelers, you still have to meet all the other mandatory requirements I talked about, including pre and on arrival testing. You can't get around the testing. Continued testing is going to go on for the indefinite future. Immigration Canada will continue to monitor the borders. Fully vaccinated travelers, by the way, must be asymptomatic. They can't have any symptoms at all because at the border, when you come back to Canada, even if you have your vaccines, if the border guard, or the, the actually the Canadian border agent, sees that you're sweating or sick, they're allowed to quarantine you anyways, whether you have COVID-19 or not. So the CBSA, the Canadian Border Security Agency, they're allowed, if they see anybody coming to Canada who looks sick, to screen them and quarantine them. They are on the side of caution. So remember that. Just because you're, uh, you've are you got your vaccine certificates, if you show any kind of illness at all, it's still a potential that you get quarantined. You could have something else that's contagious. So obviously you're a fully vaccinated traveler and you're asymptomatic and you have a have to have a paper or digital copy of your vaccination documentation 
and provide this COVID-19 related information electronically through Arrive Canada, Arrive Can, prior to arrival in Canada. You still have to present a suitable quarantine plan and be prepared to quarantine, like I said. And you have to meet all the conditions of the CBSA officer. He has or she has total discretion when it comes to health and safety. As with all other exempt travelers, you'll still be required to follow public health measures in place, including wearing a mask when in public, keeping a copy of your vaccine and test results, as well as a list of any close contacts for 14 days after entry to Canada. And you have to fully cooperate with the CBSA officer. You can't ignore his questions or say, I don't want to answer that. You have to answer because they have discretion to quarantine you. Now, in the event, while you're in transit in the airplane, the stewardess, steward, pilot, anybody for the airline carrier notices you're sick in the airplane. In the event that the air operator observes that the air traveler has COVID-19 symptoms, they're supposed to refuse your boarding the airplane for a period of 14 days, or at least a period of 14 days, or until a medical certificate is present, presented that confirms the symptoms you had were not related to COVID-19. So if you come onto an airplane and you're blowing your nose and coughing, they can say, sorry, I don't care whether you have a test that says you don't have COVID-19, you're coughing and blah, blah, blah. So off you go. Come back again in 14 days. So that's because it is in theory possible that you had a negative COVID-19 test, but caught it anyways. So they err on the side of caution.